0: it all comes down to this the final week of action figure of the month 2020 we're not on kickstarter doesn't look like uh, we're going to be on kickstarter so this is your only chance to enroll Um, sign up today go to toypizza.com go to knightsoftheslice.com it's front and center on the landing page we need you enrolled in this excellent service because as as much fun as 2019 has been, 2020 is going to absolutely blow your mind. We're going to have 12 figures to play with, maybe even more than that. We're going to have secret surprises. We're going to have possibly licensed figures that launch in it. Um, and if you've been following any of our interesting collaborations with other artists, there's a very good chance that uh, the Action Figure of the Month Club is going to get to test out the fruits of those labors before anybody else. So don't delay. Sign up now. Action Figure of the Month 2020, the campaign comes to a close on this Saturday. Your very last chance. Let's go. Pizza out. Well folks, it's finally time. I am making good on one of my promises to do a deep dive on Metalder Ghost Bank this wonderful Japanese toy line that uh, I've spoken about many times at great length, but haven't really, you know, done the deep dive that I've promised on. So it's all happening now. I have Matt Dowdy on the line, and he's going to take us through what he knows about the line. And uh, I'm also going to post up on Patreon some images. Uh, I found a really good intro video about the television series that this toy line is based on. And hopefully this will make us all a hell of a lot smarter when it comes to Metalder Ghost Bank. I was saying Ghost Bank. Tell me what you know.
1: What I know about Ghost Bank. Um I love Ghost Bank. Well, I love the Metaldar. Metalder Ghost Bank series they they had a bunch of little figures that came out kind of after it too but that one these came out around 87 around there 87 88 would and you say um this is pre kenner mask or post kenner mask this is i post maybe post kenner right around the same time i think cuz i remember watching mask right around this the striking distance within this. I think it was 86, 87, 88, 89. Um, mm-hmm. when when there was really a, a big ramp up on the smaller stuff I you know men with battle beasts and muscle and everything sure. um, but these these figures were a little bit a little bit different as they were bigger than mask. Um, you know, just a little chunkier and a little more complex, but of the same ilk um and they sort of had kind of had a couple mask-like vehicles some yeah um they didn't get too deep into it but and they had a couple play sets um but it was a super line uh, because the presentation was really fascinating it was a little bit different than what i mean i guess in some ways battle beasts in japan had a similar there was a lot of stuff going on over there but for over here when you would go into a you know, a comic book shop, when animation started to come in and, you know, there was a lot of Japanese imports um, post the early 80s and getting into the late 80s, right. um, animation really started to kick in, you know, the bootlegs and everything in the in the late 80s into the 90s um, and sort of culminating in the Suncoast section, you know. Um, right. But these figures would show up in a lot of comic book stores, at least here uh, in the New England area. So
0: well, that's why I, in, I, I never once came across any of these. That's interesting that you got them.
1: I think it had a lot to do with the the influx of of Japanese based toys coming through Boston and New York um, yep. era when Takara Bandai sort of were just just piling things in here. Oh, any import companies was buying shit up. Um, and there was a place called Mr. Big Toyland. that's sort of a legend. It's absolutely a legend amongst guys who collect Japanese based toys uh, who lived in New England, particularly in 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 this Massachusetts, where it was located in Waltham, Massachusetts, on Moody Street. Um, this this guy, the proprietor. Wait, this, was this near New Hampshire at all? No. N- New Hampshire- these? What's that? Was there more than one of these stores? Just one. It was a standalone. Because I think you've was... talked before. I used to go to
0: Concord, and there was a a similar store. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it definitely had Japanese imports and lots of great stuff. Oh,
1: they, Jesse, they were popping up everywhere. I mean, yeah. you could get a Shrungle figure like in my town at this place called I Love Toys, and you could go down to Littleton to Geppetto's Workshop that had a table of gadaik figures wow. and 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 like you know uh everything you can imagine from that time that wasn't eaten up legally by bandai's american invasion or hasbro takara's uh alliance you anything else would come in here um and it was it was crazy to like go that was a that that was everywhere and, and struggle was this weird sort of they were like real type things they got beautiful boxes but they were sort of lost lost children of that time period because they well they they, were- they just look like farm equipment <laughs> yeah they, they, a lot of it did and it had that crusher joe mechanic yeah. sort of in and that's another one that you'd see model kits of but the thing about mr big is that a guy named arthur arthur and seal that were the two people seal was the nickname for the woman his wife that ran the other side of this this incredible store back in the late 70s back in when when uh when force five was brought in here, um, in this area, it, it really, it set people crazy. It sent me nuts. I saw it in, in Maine when I was living in Maine in 1979, 80. And they, you know, it had the the block of five shows and it was, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you had a different show each day. And, and this guy was ahead of the curve. So he, he, was importing things and what he did is he would buy advertising space at the ass end of of these shows so anybody who grew up around this area especially massachusetts we moved here in 1980 from maine and it yeah. was you'd watch it and at the end of you know you know come down to moody street you know and and pick up a guy king here at mr big toy land you know and and they would show all these pictures of all this crazy shit you know in the 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 space dragon, but toys of what you were just watching, which you couldn't find at the particular yeah. time until Shogun Warriors brought a lot of stuff in. But even then, what they had at Mister Big was beyond. Mister Big Toyland lasted, uh, sort of limped assways into the nineties um, when the owners were, you know, they they sold it eventually and it went down real quick. But yeah, but because of that, I think these 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 avenues opened up these ways of these stores, picking up things that weren't necessarily as expensive as licensed stuff. And it was easier to get. So you would see, I'd go into like, there's a place called Bob city comics out in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. And it was next to fun and games. This was the times when there was arcades and comic Mm -hmm. shops everywhere. And they had, it was great. Obviously you were a
0: a child serial killer. Oh man. These were the days. (laughs)
1: I think I avoided a few of them, although my mother probably <laughs> dated half of them. But but we went into this these places, and and you would you would just, I guess we took it for granted here because we grew up with Mister Big. Then there was Goods in Faneuil Hall in Boston, and they had all kinds of shit. Then everywhere you went, somebody has a section, a very sort of primordial section compared to nowadays of. Of just a ramshackle, weird grouping of different series, Metaldar yeah. was one of those series, and maybe because they were small and they were easy to get a nice case assortment, or wherever they were coming from, they were there. And but the thing is, they so metaldar's series was called Ghost Bank. It was the sort of the, the in the story,
0: there was the, the Ghost Bank is where the villains live. More, or less. Yeah. it's it kind of like a. Uh, it almost looks like a, a like an EBCOT center of does. different it does. villains
1: it, absolutely
0: and they have doors that they sort of pop out of
1: and it was a really interesting show um, i was able lucky enough to see a, a decent portion of it but it's a metal heroes show the tokusatsu vein and they showed all the bad guys in the like first episodes it's strange so there was there mm-hmm. was dozens of them but but the ones that they concentrated on it for the toy line supposedly with the catalog they showed like twenty-four different characters you could get. Now these characters right. are about the size of a Glios figure. They're they're roughly the same size.
0: So And interestingly what, enough, they do not show photos of product. They only show images in these catalogs and on the packaging of the, the actual the yep. show itself. So yep. it sort of makes you wonder uh, were all these made, you know?
1: <laughs> and and so this was this became it's a really interesting detective story in some ways it's that, that lasts for decades for some of mm-hmm. us. Um, and you and I have talked about this many, many times, but they showed 24 figures in this little mini catalog. Now, a lot of these, as most of the guys listening to this would remember, any good Japanese toy worth its salt came with a mini catalog that would fold it up, would fold up in you know, four pieces or would open up into two and, they had they were like lush little, you know, exposés on all these things that may or may not have been produced, as you just said. Okay. But Metalder showed twenty four plus God Nero's, who was the main bad guy, who you know the the nemesis of Metalder. Um, and and like you said, they didn't show them in toy form. Now, when we were growing up, we they all these all these packages were thin with a little half cut window frame and they had a picture of the character to the left or to the right, and they were mm-hmm. in a bubble tray, pressed up, stapled against, like, a nice little inside <laughs> color background. And then they had the, you know, the catalog stuffed in the back, and it was thin. They were thin. Now, the guys who had a little extra armor were a little bit thicker, but they had a number in the top right corner of each, each uh, character's box. Now, when we were growing up, we would look at these things now when you look at the catalog they didn't really there was no numbering system that i could discern when i was a kid and and so we didn't know like how many there were and why the certain like x amount of numbers always showed up at all the different stores they right. we never could see beyond it you could see the characters that may or may not potentially be in this line but you would only around here you'd only see about six different characters. Maybe once in a while, you'll come across one at the toy show. But that was sure. it. And it was really, it was it was kind of awesome and also very frustrating because you didn't know what what this line actually was. And you turn the catalog over and they had, a, you know, about five, six vehicles and in, in sort of a half play set looking thing. Um, but, you know, fast forward into, into the early aughts and, in some, I would I was able to you know kind of find a couple different toy shows, a couple different places. I started go to San Diego Comic Con. Lo and behold, I started seeing one or two more numbers. Now we've got the internet, so you can find out quite a bit. But even then, at that time, there wasn't a hell of a lot of information or yeah, proof pretty early or days of it for sure. Yeah, really wasn't. So it wasn't until I went to started going back to Japan because I'd gone to Japan and back in 96 for the first time in my life. And while I was there, one of the things I was trying to hunt down was Metalleur Ghost Bank figures. And I found a couple, but even even those guys cuz they did, kind of didn't give a shit about it. It wasn't that popular. You know, right. it, it, it I love it, but at best I think it was also viewed as sort of a unofficial successor to Kikaida, you know. And mm-hmm. and that's that's Ishinomori stuff and that's he didn't, he, to my knowledge, he wasn't involved in Metalder's development. It was more of like a nod of the hat from the metal hero side of things. Right. And <clears throat> anyway, I found a couple. That was it. So when I went back, one of the top things on my list outside of Guyver stuff was Metalder figures. And when I went to the first Superfest I had ever attended, that's when I, it started to, the curtain started to peel back yeah and boy, you know that that's really where it became interesting because you'd find them as you now really know, you find them in the damnedest sections of that super festival.
0: yeah, and they're they're, you know, they're you know, almost um, I think more often than not, they're regarded as refuse. you know they're yeah, not,
1: I, I think so. I think so. But and only a-
0: it, it seems like now that you know Superfest is a little more accessible by uh, the guy Jing um the prices have gone up for certain vendors they're starting to to catch on and get a little
1: they are catching on and there's there's also critical figures in line that are very difficult to track down in comparison to a lot of the other ones and i i kind of found it was funny some of the ones that i would see as a kid are harder Mm -hmm. to find in japan interesting and then the ones that i would never see here I mean, it must have just been the case assortments that whoever broke that off and sent them, because it, you know, it had to have been like a three year cycle at the time. And then right. they, they clipped it. But, but the thing it, it's sort of like a grail. The whole series is kind of like a grail. It's not, you know, when you're collecting Transformers or Joe or any of that, there's a grail figure for everybody. Someone right. might, you know, want a Wonder Bread He Man, you know, and another person wants to get a Target Master, uh, specific character. It's always, or, you know, hooded Cobra Commander mail away or something, or, you know, something, something that's a, a pain in the ass that's, um, that's harder to get than normal. And this whole series was that for me, Yeah, you know, the, and, it and it's, for sure. yeah. And, and then when you started finding out that they had, you know, the vehicles, like I would see, I would see a side phantom here and there in the early year. <laughs> And that, mm-hmm. that being Metalder's like, you know, classic, you know, a, a metal tokusatsugawa metal hero or right. a rider riding a motorcycle. It's, it's just sort of a prerequisite for coolness. And right. he had a, this, you know, blue bike that split. And he also had this car called the Metal Charger, which was, you know, a to, it's, a, it's a mask figure, right? It's a mask car pops yeah. open, does shit. It's a little bit kind of kind of weird. And, and I also well, always it's basically like, it's like a
0: student or delivery guy's car that's in this, <laughs> this futuristic uh, sort of
1: you know, robot
0: yeah. battling.
1: Shit. Yeah, it's sort of a bullshit design. It's like what
0: would be driving, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny, and it almost has a little bit of a, a dash of churro Q shittiness. Which, I love churro Q, but it's got a little taste of that woven yeah. into the DNA. And, but they had great boxes. They, the, the branding of the, the line was really excellent. and and it was funny because they focused so heavily on that numbering system. But it's but it's also interesting that when they numbered it, they they numbered like Metalder was figure number one, right? Okay. So he and he came with his dog Springer, which is like this, you know, kind of shitty what was it a Doberman with yeah. a bunch of shit on his back. Anybody who saw VR <laughs> Troopers growing up, this is this this show and I think it was Spielband was were mashed together. And, right. and and then put and made into that show. Um, but but then when they made the second the second thing in the series was the side phantom. So number two in the series was a vehicle, numbered that one. Mm-hmm. And then right. number three was the was the metal charger. right? So and, and so oh, then totally it goes it <laughs> and then they, and then they jump back into the figures and they do the figures all the way up to 12 and then, and then 12 is another vehicle and 13 or 14 are vehicles and then they go back in <laughs> back into figures yeah, and then at the yeah, very end fun. of the series they switch to play sets and the numbering system stays straight and uh, that that was bizarre as shit in its own right um, but kind of awesome too because it was so strange um, but uh, I guess the best part about going to Japan and hunting for Metalder, I had gone there I started going back there in 2009 and, and, and then I went twice a year for a, a number of years. And then about 2014, 2015, we started to slow down and I would go with Jesse Moore and Jesse was, mm-hmm. you know, the creator of Callgroom, longtime brother, friend, family, funny as hell, just an awesome person and an incredible artist. I couldn't say enough good things about him, but, but we would go together, and one of our last trips together was in 2015. So I'm kind of jumping forward here, and we would go to Superfest, and so we would do our go to China, see Paul. We'd be there five six days, and we'd fly out on a Thursday out of Hong Kong, land in Japan Thursday night, and then just you know hang out with Don, and Maury, and Ayako, everybody, all our all our family over there, and we would hit stores, right? As any as any good guys and shit, mm-hmm. and then we would be really getting pumped to go to super festivals they held on a Sunday, and since we would go in as exhibitors, we could get in there early. So yeah, that is crucial to the experience, I would say, because it's it
0: is, for those who haven't been, there is a deluge, of human traffic the second those doors open, and the it's probably about. 45 minutes to 30 minutes that you get as a vendor where yeah. everybody's set up and you can kind of freely sort of buy stuff without getting in people's way. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's crucial. Cause as you told me before my first trip, if you see something you want, you have to buy it then and there because yeah. it's not going to last. And I, I've gotten burned quite a few times with doing a lap and thinking yeah. i would come back
1: and get something and it's just yeah. gone. The critical loop, right? We call it. And, and that's, that's something that's, uh, we all have the hell story of, of missing the uh, the golden goose, right? And you remind me, long ago, when I was in college, we would do these runs, my buddies and I, and go to these Shriners halls that would hold toy shows, little dinky ones. But again, being in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut shows, and because of Hasbro's location, you know, in Rhode Island, you never knew what you were going to get for old weird shit and parker brothers was located in mass and and in one and one of the trips i'd gone on it's aside, of course a diversion because i'm involved but it's i had gone to a show and and i had met a guy who had worked on the battle beast line and he was he was the guy who was helping to try to bring laser beasts in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he he was at this show at this Kind of crappy little show at this table, and he had a bunch of stuff wrapped up in plastic. And he, I was nosing around this because you know if you've ever gone to a, you're damned enough to go to a toy hunt with me. I, I am, I take forever I every be. damn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for Don. I swear, I've aged that guy, even though he's he can't age him, but I I'll spend an hour in one tub, and I, mm-hmm. and I I don't know why. It just it's fascinating. All the stuff fascinates me, but. I, I looked through and I saw at the time I, I wasn't aware that there were so many laser beasts. And of course, in, in hindsight, now I know, but at the time I looked at this stuff, I said, Well, what is this? And he pulls it out, he spreads it out across the table, and it's, it's the whole laser beast, all loose, nothing packaged, but complete. The whole laser beast, Japanese run.
0: Now, I mean, those go for what a buck thirty, bucks seventy five a piece, loose, complete. Now, I
1: mean, a small grow you can. I mean, that could arguably go for four hundred to six hundred, pending on the toe paint. I mean, it's yeah, it's a ridiculous. The, the late those specific ones. I mean, Marty's the. I mean, there's a reason they call him the God Beast. It's there's guys. A lot of our customers actually also do battle beasts and. Laserbeast, even Adam Amaretsu, um, who's an amazing vinyl artist and a great painter, he, I recently shipped him, but he orders from us and we we all get stuff from each other and he, he, but he orders from us and he has for years and That's I'll wild. always draw crazy shit in his package. I, you know, for every order I've ever sent, Mark and I have an archive of all these hideous things. I try to get a grosser drawing every time. I'm just a monster, nothing, nothing, Yeah, but it's gross. And so he sent me back a, he sent me back an email, and he said, "I really like the, I really like the armivores, and, and, and I, you know, I, I, I want to show you something." He sends his pictures, these images, and he's got just this kill you, laser beasts, beast formers collection, just incredible. I mean, pristine yeah. examples of everything, perfectly displayed. I, I had no idea and i've known him for years um so but it's what you can see there's a passion for this stuff and there's a particular passion for Beast Formers, laser beasts battle beasts um it's just a really cool line and it obviously it, it, it influenced the hell out of me and so did metalder it's a more, it's a it's a lesser known influence micronauts star wars all the normal things but but metalder was a huge one anyway i saw all this stuff and I asked the guy, like, what's the story? He's like, well, I'm trying to sell it as a set. And I said, like, a, a dumbass. I'm, well, can you break? I want I want this dragon guy. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and naturally, I went for all these, you know, King Buster, all these ones that I didn't know the name at the time. But I wanted all the ones that were the rarest, like, in just, I don't know what. I, they I just look good. He says, well, I can't break up the set. Look, I'll sell you the set, the whole set for 150 bucks. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. And now. Now, being in college at the time and horrifyingly cheap, I said, and I had a hundred bucks in my pocket and I said, well, how about, how about a hundred bucks? And he's like, I can't sell you this for any less than 150. He's like, don't you have friends you can, you know, hit up if you don't have enough? I said, I could. I said, well, tell you what, how would you be cool if I took a week to think about this and I can, you know, I said, that's a lot of money. (laughs) and the fucking guy goes all right yeah okay i'll wrap it up you come back down here actually it'll be a couple weeks because we have these shows twice a month and Mm -hmm. and because they're really small and they were like an elks lodge or shriner's hall down down in attleboro massachusetts and this had to be like 90 94 95 i said okay and i take his card and uh and then we, I go home. We go, you go on the rest of bender, do our normal shit. We're looking for stupid stuff, Toys R Us, yeah, Wendy's. Blah, blah, blah. We go see John D'Acquino down in Worcester. All the greats on that's entertainment.
0: Uh, good old John D'Acquino from the, Worcester, the, the
1: the legend, you know, story. He, he really, then that guy's something else, and awesome guy. But my, he, I got to go in his warehouse once, and holy shit! I mean, I saw Silverhawks mirages to the ceiling in that place. I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, but anyway, two weeks pass, and we go back down because we were stupid, and I see the guy, and I had the money, and I look at it, and he's like, okay, well, I held on to it for you, and, and to, to my regret to this day, I said, you know what, man, I, I, think, I think I'm going to hold off because I'm thinking ah. to myself, you know, I, I, I think I want to buy a couple of Max Factory Guy kits. kids. <laughs> And, uh, and I passed it up. I passed There's a couple up.
0: of vintage Millennium Falcons loose and dirty that uh you know I think will <laughs> fetch a pretty penny. Okay.
1: <laughs> Can you best. believe that shit? That is the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever done in this hobby. And and I walked away from it. And he just looked at me and goes, Man, that's lame. <gasps>
0: yeah.
1: and, and that's I said, Well, sorry, man. And that and then I become obsessed with the shit later and 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 it bites me in the ass ever since um, but as as you deserve well friend. but but i'll tell you that taught me the lesson that i that i shared with you you when you see it you pull the trigger if you can right. If you really like it and, and and by my other rule if someone comes to my house and they like something more than i like it i give it to them that's always yeah. been the fucking rule You 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 pass it on or whatever and so we're jesse and i are there in the morning and we're, you know, if any who has, has ever been to Super Festival, you know that where they have it now. They there's like a larger main room and then all these satellite rooms. And yeah. there's even like a place you can go downstairs way back when there used to be a all these food stations and, and Jesse and I would just pound curry beef down there. It was uh <laughs> the best. But I digress again. I I was looking for some metallider and, and I had been doing pretty good. And Jesse got into it course we always were getting into the same shit and and i i'm walking down the steps into the main room and there's this one older guy and now you know him he sets up all the time on the side it's just as you come in he's got a table that sort of l's around the side he's to the right, yeah and he's got all kinds of shit everything he's got you know noves and he's he's got ideon figures uh ideon box stuff it, you name it he always has some kind of weird shit crusher joe models um and I see this box on the ground and it's a big box, like a, you know, like a Uline bubble mailer size box. A little rip in the box and I can see color that I, I know because for so many years I've been looking at these boxes. And I walked down, I tapped the guy on the shoulder. I said, can I see what's inside that box? And, he, you know, he, he didn't speak a lot of English, but he's, he's like, you know, here, you know, in here. I'm like, yeah, what's in that box? He opens the box up. And no lie, and I, I mean, it's right right across from me, the The entire Metalder run. She's all in one spot. The whole thing. The only thing missing is the two play sets. That's it. And I mean, I looked at it and I turned out and looked at Jesse and I looked back at it and I don't. I I, I didn't bring a ton on that trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Didn't bring a ton of cash. Um, so I said, How much for the Accord Desca? How much for that? Whole, all of it. He goes, well, Everything, you know, like make motion, everything. Yeah. I said, Yeah, all of it. How much? 300 bucks. Three, you know, <clears throat> three, the equivalent of three you know thirty three hundred thousand yen or whatever it is you know uh he said it was three hundred dollars equivalent and i mean and and i and i was like shit i don't have that much cash on me right now and then i just all of a sudden jesse just saunters by me (laughs) slaps it down (laughs) just whack,
0: pulls pulls from his
1: beard pulls it right out of his fanny pack which he actually wears and he just puts it right down, right onto the guys, right on his table. And he just points to the – he points down to the box. He points to me, and he gives the thumbs up. The guy gives the thumbs up. And then Jesse just kind of blows a little kiss. And then I pick up the box. Amazing. And it, it, he bought – That's a friend. He bought the whole thing. It was him. He did it. He bought it. And then again, he let me keep it. You know, and eventually he's gonna take it to his place, to his toy museum, which everyone should visit sometime. But it's uh it's really with something. And then I showed Don because Don likes it, Don Kratzer.
0: Yeah,
1: and he couldn't believe it. And and I was seeing for the first time now they made they made twenty-three items in the run that I know of. Okay, Uh in the run. Out of those twenty-three items, sixteen are figures. Right. Right. Sixteen or figure. There's what, four vehicles? Out of those 16 figures to that point, maybe eight of them. So half of them mm-hmm. I'd never even physically seen before in hand. And I mean, it was like they were just it made me nuts. And they were early, middle to early because when they would ship the stuff, we were getting numbers when we were kids when I was younger that were all over the place. It wasn't just one, two, three, four, four, you know, right up the the thing. You were getting a couple that were up a little bit higher. Right. But holy shit. And and I just couldn't stop looking at it. And uh and that was the best, I would say it was the best score, the most shocking score that I ever it made up for the Battle Beast uh rule. Really, yeah. And 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 on and a, a little side note to that to that tale, the year before that i had been there in japan i had been in a, one of the one of the shops that don had taken us to and i saw this little little metal little Metalder figure but he was unpainted mm. you know the one i'm talking the, about
0: the, the store giveaway a lucky draw yeah i, I know from the
1: collection yeah yeah it was a store it was and the the owner of the shop proceeded to tell us that they were given away in a kind of a Yodobashi Camera sort of Saturday morning deal that they do, and you were to paint the figures. They were for painting, and and very few of them survive because they were, you know, they were given out and sort of destroyed. But it, it's a it's an unpainted figure, but it's su- super neat because the you know the chest is a slightly different, darker kind of grayish, sort of flaked plastic. Then he's got these light gray limbs, and you can really yeah. see the sculpt and the, my favorite part is that someone going to uh, send me a picture of this so i can yeah, post it I, yeah me. i'll send you a picture of the whole gaggle but the one i like the reason i liked it the most is that there was a there was a gold price sticker on his chest that it sort of melted over the left side his left left chest and it almost looked like a decal so i left it on oh i didn't realize that wasn't a decal it's not it's I... a it's a price and i said to the guy i said what what is the sticker if it was a giveaway (laughs) that's the price (laughs) but it had just worn into the figure over the years yeah so that was any and i got that for 10 bucks amazing yeah so yeah that was that was and it it was a really (laughs) it's a great line and and it it actually the first glial's packages were modeled after the packages from metaller um that's right uh, yep the whole thing. thing But, yeah. Yeah, really yeah. and even even to the size, the spec and the width and the height. And one of the main reasons I like that three inch style scale figure is it's owed to that. Not not I love Mask. I like the cartoon more than the toys. I love Jason and the Wheel Warriors. I love uh Starcom. They're all incredible. I mean Bone but man, you know, metallder was the shit. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Well, good. That's a perfect place to put a pin in it. Yeah. Thank you for your insight, and uh, hopefully, it's going to be a huge boom in the secondary market on uh, on Metalder now. Yeah, fuck.
1: <laughs> 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 well, you should share with with everybody your your recent experience with that
0: too. It's you know that's yeah. that was. I will recap them and show them pictures of the lot that got away.
1: Yeah, it's sure. funny too because seeing that it's almost a parallel. You know, wears heavy on my soul. Uh, yeah, that's all right, though. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's worse things. Almost. Yeah.
0: Right, I will. Uh, I will set you free. Thank you. See you for dude. your wisdom as usual. We'll talk soon. See you. Bye.